RoboCop. Who is he? What is he? Where does he come from? He is OCP's newest soldier in their revolutionary crime management program. OCP spokesmen claim that the fearless machine has crooks on the run in old Detroit. Today, kids at Lee Iacocca Elementary School got to meet in person what their parents only read about in comic books. Robo, excuse me, Robo, any special message for all the kids watching at home? Stay out of trouble. As Europeans, some of us like to think ourselves aloof to most things American, especially its movies. You see, in Europe, we make films, and in America, they make movies. The difference? Film is art, and a movie is, well, it's for the multiplex, along with such health foods as buttered popcorn and nachos. About the nearest thing they get to anything refined is Ben and Jerry's ice cream. But Robocop proves it unwise to dismiss popular American cinema. What are your prime directives? Serve the public trust, protect the innocent, uphold the law. Which is ironic, because that is precisely what the film's Dutch director, Paul Verhoeven, did when he was initially given the script. He managed to read about 10 pages before dismissing it as a B-level sci-fi movie. It wasn't until his wife, Martina, read it and told him there was something more to it that Verhoeven gave it any proper consideration. Drop it! Dead or alive, you are coming with me. The story was originally dreamt up by Edward Neumeyer when he caught a glimpse of a poster for Blade Runner. He asked his friend what it was about, and his friend said, a cop hunting robots. Almost immediately, Neumeyer came up with not a plot, but a name. But a lack of plot did not really matter, because robots have a long lineage, if that's the right word. Call them automatons, artificial humans, cyborgs or robots. You can trace the concept of humanoid animation back as far as ancient Greece, where Pygmalion brought the statue of Galatea to life. Read the Old Testament and you will find a passage in the book of Ezekiel where skeleton bones are miraculously recovered with flesh and become animated. But probably the most famous example would be, of course, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Not a robot, of course, but the connection is that Dr. Frankenstein's monster is stitched together from the limbs and organs of dead people. And Robocop is a machine fused onto the corpse of Alex J. Murphy, a police officer murdered in the line of duty. You probably don't think I'm a very nice guy. Do you? Buddy, I think you're slime. <laughs> See, I got this problem. Cops don't like me, so I don't like cops. The thing that has always interested me about Frankenstein's monster is where is its personality? When the doctor reanimated the brain, should the identity and memories of the person who died not have been revived as well? It is something that turns up in Robocop, because even though it is supposed to only have programmed directives, the memories of Murphy's past life return as ghostly hauntings. Uh, hello. I haven't really had a chance to introduce myself. I'm Ann Lewis. Do you have a name? How can I help you, Officer Lewis? It's not really what I meant. Don't you have a name? Murphy. It's you. 
You really don't remember me, do you? Excuse me. I have to go. Somewhere there is a crime happening. It is often noted that any Western says more about the era in which it was made than it does about the time in which it was set. If science fiction is set in the future, is it really about the present? Or does it predict the future? Why not both? Or neither? Robocop presents a precautionary vision. There was a 19th century Prussian military tacticianer named Karl von Clausewitz, who famously said, war is an extension of politics by other means. And in Robocop, commerce is an extension of violence by other means. The city of Detroit is besieged by criminality, and it appears the only way to combat it is to privatise the police force. But no, the law is not about dispensing justice. It is about securing industrial security contracts, the products of which eventually end up in the hands of the criminals, and the cycle continues. So, money is never far from any of the scenes, and it is central to the most popular show on TV. I'll buy that for a dollar! Who says that Hollywood is a candy-coloured dream factory where optimism showers down like lemon drops? When the movie came out in 1987, a lot of people compared it to this. I'm a friend of Sarah Connor. I was told that she's here. Could I see her, please? No, can't see her. She's making a statement. Where is she? Look, it may take a while. I want to wait. There's a bench over there. I'll be back. Unfair and incorrect. James Cameron's cyborg was without a soul or conscience. Instead, the T-800 series was programmed to execute and was obedient without questioning. We get the best of both worlds. The fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you Robocop. No, if there is a movie that Robocop resembles, it is one of silent cinema's masterpieces, Metropolis. Made in 1927 by German director Fritz Lang, the robot created by the mad inventor is a technological overlay of a human being, just like Robocop. And if you look at the way she, it, moves in Metropolis, you can see strong similarities to the way he, it, Robocop moves. Murphy had a wife and son. What happened to them? Well, after the funeral... She moved away. Where did they go? She thought you were dead. She started over again. I can feel them. But I can't remember them. Robocop was nominated for two Oscars and won a special achievement award for the sound effects editing. I don't pretend to know anything near enough about sound effects editing, but whenever I watch the movie, I can note how spectacularly effective the sound is. To prove this, try watching the film with the sound turned down. And then turn up the sound and turn away from the screen. I'm not saying that one is more important than the other. I'm taking the lesson from George Lucas, who said, sound is half the picture. Robocop's director Paul Verhoeven is a garrulous, sometimes offensive, but always fascinating and seemingly contradictory man. I mean, how many Hollywood directors have a PhD in mathematics and physics? As well as that, he is the co-author of a controversial book on the life of Jesus. And if you think about it, there are parallels between Robocop and, 
Well, let's just say that Murphy is murdered, is revived and walks on water. Here's Verhoeven himself talking about what the film is really about. Well, it's an action picture, I suppose, first of all. And it, is, um, it has some other level um, telling you something about uh, the possibility of the human soul to survive everything. So it's on two levels. I think it's an action picture and it's, um, it's the picture about the human soul. As a child growing up in Nazi-occupied Holland during World War II, Verhoeven would go out onto the wastelands where planes had crashed and look at the faces of the downed pilots. Observing death up close and in such an unflinching manner, no wonder Verhoeven details his pictures with such graphic violence. I don't think Verhoeven has made as good a picture since Robocop. In fact, he has made some terrible pictures. Basic Instinct, Showgirls, Hollow Man, and while Starship Troopers was a wickedly sophisticated satire, I have to say I didn't and still don't think much of Total Recall. Heresy, perhaps, but then there is simply no accounting for what Europeans think of American movies. Thank you for your cooperation. Good night.